I, I, I maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Welcome back to 88.3WCTs. After further review, got David the Man and God Harris here on the phone lines with you for our podcast segments. And this one, we talk a little bit about the blockbuster trade that happened on Thursday night. Westbrook for Chris Paul. Chris Paul goes back to Oklahoma City, where kind of his career began, actually. He was playing for the New Orleans Hornets, but obviously with Hurricane Katrina, they had to relocate for a while as they rebuilt that city and they were out in Oklahoma City and that's when they realized the NBA did that Oklahoma City would be a great fan base for an NBA team so the Seattle Supersonics moved to Oklahoma City and in that first season there that's when they drafted Russell Westbrook hmm think about that back in I believe 08 um it's an interesting draft there we got David the man that got here we've been talking about the NBA free agency and David your thoughts on that trade. Yeah, kind of initially when you first see the Roach Bomber report, you're like, okay, first thought, who is going to touch the ball and be the point guard in Houston? Because people are trying to remember, you know, oh, you know, Russell Westbrook, James Harden reuniting. Like, when they were in Oklahoma City, James Harden was basically, like, especially kind of a six-man role. Like, he wasn't like the star that he is now. And statistically, you can look at the usage rates and efficiency. And we know in Houston, if James Harden dribbling the ball, you know, 15, 20 seconds, then step back three. Like, my initial thought was, okay, one, who's going to take the last shot? Because it's going to be one of those two. And two, who's going to run points? Because if it's not Russell Westbrook, he's going to make it known to Coach D'Antoni, like, hey, like I'm, a, I'm an actual point guard, even though like I'm like a one-two combo guard. Like let let me put James Harden off the ball, and just kind of those dynamics. But then the second thing is, like from a logistical standpoint, does this really make them that much better? Because at least with Chris Paul on the floor, yes, his numbers were you know lower with James Harden, but at least he was like an actual facilitator and distributor of the basketball. Like he was a, like a true point guard that could actually help play and complement James Harden's game. Whereas now Russell Westbrook, yeah, he's up there in age, but he still has that flasher kind of dribble drive kind of mentality. And I don't know how long that's going to work in heat. Like even with them being two great players and no knocking them, but, like, how long is that is that going to make it to a season, much less into the playoffs? Uh, well, and I've, and I've thought about this. They're going to have to make it work. I mean, I think these guys know that the, the, the window is possibly closing. They're close buddies, obviously, both Harden and Westbrook, Westbrook started out in Oklahoma City. Now, at that time, the roles were a little bit different with James Harden 
was coming off the bench and being head of that second unit and he really didn't get find himself until really he got to Houston and he believed in himself that he could actually be a, a player or a force in this league. Um, but they, but I, both players are smart players and they're going to have to realize that they're going to have to make this work because they're not going to be getting too many other you know opportunities to get to a championship. They've seen that their former teammate uh, Kevin Durant won a championship. So I think as players, and let's face it, they're the smart guys. They're gonna they're gonna have to make some sacrifices. Now, the problem is, I think it's gonna be the system with Dan Tony. What is he gonna strategically come up with, and where's the accountability gonna be? I think Dan Antonio's a, or Dan Dan Tony's a great analytical coach, but I do think some accountability is lacking there in the respect from the player starts to wane as his tenure lasts a little longer. If if you notice every situation that he's been at, the ending has been bad. Um I, I think he, he he thinks very well, but I think in the NBA you gotta realize that a lot of the stuff that you do offensively, yeah, it works in the regular season because you're going traveling all over the place some nights you just you just play in a lot of bad teams. Let's face it. There's half the teams are playoff teams. The other half are just bad. And then toward the toward the middle, the end of the season, there's just some teams that know that they're not going to be competitive. So sometimes your numbers can get inflated. And then when you get to the playoffs where people can really dissect your teams down, that's where he kind of they lose an egg. Now, obviously, they blame the the minor coaches and got rid of them and they're saying now he needs to bring in a defensive guy but this is going to be a lot on D'Antoni if this doesn't work out you can't have basically um have Westbrook holding the bag so to speak um you know what I'm saying you can't blame him I know in LKC they always blamed him and said he was the difficult guy to play with and this and that and he's ball centric and he's a ball hog I think it's going to be more on Harden and D'Antoni, D'Antoni I think. Um, but they're going to have to make it work. And with D'Antoni being kind of a smart basketball coach, he might have to adjust the offense. For one, I think they'll realize that they can probably play off each other and maybe they'll keep Harden fresher if, the, if they're smart about it, if they're smart. Both players, the problem what they have is they have high usage rates during the regular season, and then when it comes to the playoffs, they peter off. And you, you can tell they're exhausted either the first round or the second round. Both players are totally exhausted to the point where they can't perform at a very high level. And that was the thing that needed to work. Um, I think they can make it work. I I really do. I'm going to be the, the guy that's on the outside. I mean, they try to bring in Chris Paul. Um, but Chris Paul's personality, he's got a very strong personality. And... Yeah, he likes to pass a lot, but he's kind of a ball-dominant player as well. You know what I'm saying? I really think that, you know, he wanted to be the guy that, you know, had the ball and and, and, and distribute and gets the assist and everything like that. While as, I think Russell Westbrook, is, he is what he is. He can be a little ball-dominant, but he's a downhill player that likes to make things work. And he's also a willing passer, too. And... I think if D'Antoni can get this to work, they both could share the ball. I mean, think about it. I mean, Westbrook could go downhill 
and have Harden on the trail or one of the two or the three running one of the lanes on the break and spot up for threes. Technically, it could work. I mean, he's a slasher. He's going to drive, and he does pass. I mean, Westbrook, you know, had a triple-double throughout the through one season and almost a second season. So we know he can pass, and I know, you know, he's just a very fiery personality. Now, both players are going to have to realize they're going to have to take a step back. If that works out, you got a pretty pretty good team. Yeah, and I think that's an if, though. Looking, yeah, I think that's going to be bigger, especially knowing that James Harden now, now that he's kind of developed into this player to where he's so used to kind of dictating the offense, can he work with another kind of downhill scorer? And then you, I think something that you mentioned that I hadn't even thought of, like we know James Harden likes to play you know, 40, 42, 44 minutes, and we know Russ doesn't like to come off the floor. But if this is going to be a team that you're trying to compete in the West, like can you tailor, can you force them to like take breathers or just kind of, okay, you take a breather for a while and then kind of, so one of them is on the floor at all times. So that come playoff time, it's not, you can visibly tell James Harden has literally nothing left because he's carried this Rockets team again. Or you can tell that Russ is just, tired because his game is based off of his explosiveness. Like, how can you, if you're in Houston, can you manage that? Can you dictate that? And then the worst-case scenario, and I joked about it when I first saw the text, is like, worst-case scenario, you can just fire D'Antoni, bring in Scott Brooks, and just run his back. Bring in Serge Ibaka, bring back Nick Collison, get him out of retirement. No, that's not going to happen. I mean, I I I know what you're saying, (laughs) but at the end of the day, you're right. D'Antoni is going to basically um, take the fall. He is. He's, he's gonna. He's gonna eventually take take the fall for this. If it doesn't work out, he's gonna eventually. But but then again, though, if it was gonna work out in Houston, even with Chris Paul, he was gonna take the fall. I mean, let's face it. When you start trying to fire assistants, you're kind of saving yourself initially. I mean, let's let's, let's be honest. That's what we, normally that's how the pecking order goes. Before the the main guy gets fired, usually the guys beneath them, the little workers get fired. You know, and then you can see whether or not it was them or it was you. And that's what I think is going to happen. But I, I just the only thing I'm I'm afraid of is that the D'Antoni factor where things just don't work out. And I think his system is very w- good. I think it really elevates players. It elevated Jeremy Lin. It elevated, uh, you know, James Harden. I believe it also elevated Steve Nash. But at the end of the day, though, it doesn't really produce winning results. And Someone has to make a sacrifice because usually in Dan Tony's system, it's usually one dominant guy and everybody else is playing roles. Is Dan Tony going to really switch up his system and is he going to at least adjust it so that both Russell and Harden can play together? That that's gonna that's gonna be the question: is can they both play together? And and, and that's a big if. I think that they can be willing to sacrifice. Um, but I I like this trade. Uh, I mean, one, Houston gets that big old contract of Chris Paul off their books. I don't really think Oklahoma City is is really going to be keeping Chris Paul for long. I think this is more of a let's get rid of him for picks and give him to, like, Miami or something. I mean, he's, he's 34 years old. He's breaking down. And then you're going in a rebuild situation with a veteran. And, you know, Chris Paul wants to win. And it's just not going to be really a, a – um, 
I guess in a sense, how can I say this? A a, a how can I say this? A very very clean environment is going to be very toxic because he's going to probably get annoyed with the younger players. You're not winning, and he really wants to be in that situation. So I don't know. It would be interesting to see. But the thing about it is. Houston's going to have problems too because now you got the Lakers you got to worry about. Now you got the Clippers you're going to worry about. Uh, the Warriors might take a step back, but still, you might struggle with them as well. Yeah, and so I think kind of looking with Houston, just kind of can't, like, with this team as presently constructed, can, are, I don't think that they're better than Clippers. I don't think that they're, like, they may be on par with Lakers, but then you have to look at, okay, the two stars on LA versus the two stars in Houston. Yeah, you know LeBron James and James Harden have, um, and Anthony Davis haven't played a game on the floor together. But like, I would rather have those two than Russ and Harden, who you know, dynamics wise, maybe a little tough. And then you have to think about okay, Denver's going to get better. You saw Portland come out of nowhere and make the finals, and you know their backcourt is you know, one of the best in the league. Like. It's not going to be as common as, hey, we're going to be a top-four team in the West. They, they may not even be top-six. And that's just the fact that the West is just that much better and they just keep progressively getting better with all these young teams. And so it could be a situation where Houston is a, is sixth seed or seventh seed this season with those two. And we know that's not going to One, please, James Harden. Two is not going to please Russell Westbrook, and three, we know that that's going to mean, hey, Dan Tony, it's nice, but it's probably going to lead to a first on exit because you're not going to be probably one of those three teams in a seven game series. And so, do you, does this become another hamster wheel kind of situation where Houston, hey, you had your moments, you didn't capitalize on your chances and the opportunities that you had to topple Golden State, drag you back down into the Sixth and tenth seed, maybe get out of the first round, but that's your feeling. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I thought it was a, a really, you know, Sam Pressy, he's built up a franchise. The only question is, is that out of that era, you only got to one NBA Finals and you lost to LeBron, which was due for a championship. And then after that, didn't get much anything else. Some people say maybe. You should have went stuck with Harden and Durant instead of Westbrook because maybe if you would have stuck with those two, maybe you would have got a championship, but we'll only see. I think they'll build the – Oklahoma will get rebuilt again. I mean, he built it up before. Obviously, maybe the stars right now for Oklahoma are only 15, 16 years old, and you'll you see your fruits benefit from them. I think they got like 16 picks through the 2026 season or something like that. Who knows? But I think he, I think Oklahoma City will be fine. They'll rebuild quickly. Um, Houston's now for the now. Um, but I think they got that two- to three-year window now. I think the window pretty much was closed with Chris Paul. Now with Westbrook, it opens up halfway. But you got to have at least some results in the two seasons. And right now, I think personally – they need to win a finals. It can't be just get to the finals. Maybe get to the finals the first year, the second year you got to win it. And, you know, I guess the gun is to their head with this one. Final thoughts? Yeah, it would be interesting to see kind of 
we'll know by Christmas whether this experiment's going to work because I think by true. Christmas time, true, true. Okay, Tony's either going to be praised for Coach of the Year, or he's going to be already gone, and they're going to have some kind of interim. We're going to see the chemistry on the court. Maybe, maybe Ross tells James, "Hey, you got to play some defense just a little bit, like help out a little bit." Because that'll be, but yeah, because in Oklahoma City, like you said, eighteen thousand first round pick, kind of that may be an interesting scenario. Just kind of see. Can Oklahoma State find those diamonds in the rough, or do they just you know, do New Orleans mode and kind of just swap picks for players, get some good drafts, and then just kind of keep taking them until they get the super team? Yeah, that is true. Well, David, once again, thanks so much for that preview. And now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the U.S. Women's World Cup team and what's it mean for the future of them. Or one last segment here on 88.3 WTs after further review. This is going to be a good one. I want to hear what David has to say. And make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And also live Saturdays from 11 to 1 on 88.3 WXUT. Hopefully the tower will be back up. You can hear us on the airwaves. But we're also, like I said, this is the internet age. So we're on Facebook on After Further Review Sports Show on our Facebook page. Coming up next, though, we talk a little bit about women's soccer and like, unbelievable week they've had and they could be getting equal pay as the men's team that and more here on 88.3 WHD's after further review